ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fab Four Free For All. Big crowd. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All, the uh, sort of kind of weekly all-talk Beatles radio show on the interweb. And, uh, interweb. <laughs> and Some people call it that. They I do. Know. And um, this week, I am your moderator, Tony Chiguardo, joining me as they always do. And we are all together in the, the yellow, yellow submarine. Are my oh, good gosh. friends, Mr. Rob Leonard. Hello, I'm Rob Leonard. And Mr. Mitch Axelrod. Hello, I'm Bruce McMouse. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be under the stage, and it's just me for the rest of the evening. Well, that's good. That's good. By the way, nice little Father Guido Sarducci thing. Thank you very there. much. For those that get it. Thank with you very the much. Eucalyptus. You with the eucalyptus. They get stoned all the time. <laughs> we have a show that hopefully you all tune into on a regular basis and uh, the show centers around the fact that we are collectors historians however you want to put it fans um, fans yeah very important of the music of the beatles and uh the solo careers their solo careers and etc and um we've also been immersed in this music for a long 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 time we have done a lot of reading on it we have done a lot of common on it. Interviews with interviews authors with and musicians and stuff. Interviews with authors, people who are on kind of, you know, were directly involved with them. You know, if you want to use the Kevin Bacon idea, the one degree of separation sort of, is yeah. where we always kind of strive to go. Right. We had one of the principals on the show way back when. Uh, 2010. When we had, 2010. And Ringo was, was on the show. But it leads to the idea that obviously anytime a new Beatles product comes out, anytime a new Beatles book comes out, a new a film, anything Beatle related, anything Beatle related, we look at it as sort of our mission in a way. The show we've never said a mission statement, but we look at it as our duty in a sense to kind of evaluate critique and critique and uh, kind of present what we think is a well-rounded evaluation yes. and is is what has come out and it doesn't have to be music it can be you know a, a, any product a pen or a well, puzzle you know that's part of the we the, hopefully wouldn't do a whole show no on a no pen but or a but puzzle. but we have occasionally mentioned stuff we'll, like we'll this we'll tangentialize sure. yeah so it's should we like everything well yeah and you're going right I'm you're going to where to no it's okay but but it's all right but that's you just hit it we uh, we recently did a show where we talked about the movie Eight Days a Week, the Ron Howard film. And this is sort of what inspired this episode to happen. We got a number of comments coming in, some positive, some negative. But there was a kind of concept that was brought up. Well, before you say that, out of our Facebook page, that was like the, the topic that turned so many people one way or another. There was no middle ground with eight days a week for whatever reason. Yes, I do agree with that. So. Right, right. So there is that. but And we fell on a certain side of that coin. If you want to know where, go listen to the episode if you haven't heard it yet. But where where the, uh, the I won't say the critique came, yeah, where the criti- critique came in for us was the idea that as journalists, fans, historians, collectors, are we too close 
to the subject, to the topic, to really be fully 100% objective and I think about it. To add to that a little bit, it, it came up also because we were, like you said, we were one way about the movie. And it seemed that, I'm not going to say the rest of the world, but the majority were the other way. We didn't particularly love the film, and, and we gave our reasons why. We didn't kill it, but we, we gave our... our we, we, we actually killed it before we did the show. Yes, but... <laughs> you know, when, we, when I thought about it when we did that show, when we were sitting around after seeing the movie and everything, we're like, we trashed it, but... We did, but it was our honest... It was yes, our honest and, that, and that's the thing. But we also waited before doing the show. Yes. Well, we, and, yes, and because we wanted... To see if it would temper. We wanted to collect our thoughts, because we didn't want to just do right off the cuff... Uh, because, uh, as we'll talk about in the show, we've done that before, and it went the other way. So, you know, we, we waited, and it seemed like, you know, our review or our opinion of the movie was more negative than the rest of the world and the majority of other yes, yes. Beatle fans. Right. And, and that's right. what made this really come up. You know, are we too close? I mean, you know, for, for any product, I mean, but it obviously the eight days a week you know, precipitated that. But, you know, we thought to ourselves, wow, you know, are we wrong about this well, movie? Thankfully, a term that didn't really come up, and I, I don't think this is the case, because I think we tend to, we have fun with it. We do, we'll intellectualize or we'll talk, but we don't really carry with us kind of an elitist. No, we never sense. take ourselves we that try that seriously. We try not to. And I'm grateful that that, wasn't an ongoing comment because theme, yeah. because you have seen people who are fans of or commentators on a topic or a subject where they will get into an, there will be an air of elitism about how they approach everything. I'm in the middle of reading a book right now um, about the group, the Velvet Underground, who had a huge cult following oh, in a yeah. sense. Now looking back, the joke is always that. When the Velvet Underground's first album came out, only a thousand people bought it, but every one of them went and started a band. <laughs> you know, interesting. But the truth is, now I'm reading all of this critique about the group when they came out, and the people who are in favor of the group all just have this incredible air of elitism. That happens with a lot of music and arts. You know, there's a there's a certain thing that, well, I like this band because they're smart. And yeah, I can't like I can't like that song because it's kind of silly, but it right. might be the most catchiest thing you ever heard. Right, um, and that, that's part of it too. The underlying theme I was starting to hear when we had reviewed Eight Days a Week was that we're negative about a lot of things, and that bothered me because, in hindsight, and we'll get into passage of time, you know, whether it helps or hurts a product. But when I heard that, no one said that until we hit a nerve with eight days a week. Now, a lot right. of people agreed with us. That's such I mean, true. a lot Absolutely. of people did. All right? yes, and and uh, to be quite frank, a lot of other journalists agreed with us. And I'm not saying we're journalists to the true extent of the word, you know, but a lot of journalists agree with us. But we did hit a nerve somewhere because... That particular review made a lot of people say, you know, slow down. You guys are really negative about everything. Now, I don't know if we had just done a Ringo album review. I don't remember or no. whatever. But but it really did. It did hit a nerve with us because 
that's not our intent when we get a beetle product. Our intent is not to kill a product. If we our intent as a group of journalists, not fans, mm. and this is the way I approach every show. I'm sure you both too. Too, you know, we never talk. You know, let's. Uh, this is the way we're doing it. You know, we, we rarely, get, we rarely ever, when we're doing a criticism in this. We don't well, call any, each other any, up. We don't say, yeah, we rarely ever even talk about our opinions. You know, the, with the movie, it was different because we were all three sitting together at the film. Right. So we knew um, initially what our reactions what were. one another's reactions were. Yeah. But there have been other instances where we have been together experiencing something and walked away with different feelings about different aspects. Right. Absolutely. Um, yep. And that's from the Hard Day's Night re-release when we went to see that in a preview. Right. To um, Beatles 1. Beatles 1 to uh, when we experienced the mono vinyls and things like that. We all came back with very different opinions. Yeah, we all take notes. This was, and we take extensive notes. This may have really been the first time where we were really all kind of unified well, in sync with Well, the I, I was less not liking it than you guys right. were. And I also changed my mind a little bit when I saw when we saw it in the theater uh, down in um, in the village at the IFC Center, and they played uh, Shea Stadium afterwards. To me, Shea Stadium at the end of that movie truly helps that movie. Yeah, but it's but not it's, only but, that But movie. that's not the way they, they sold it on the DVD. And the bonus stuff on the DVD, which we never even got into, and that's a whole other show, but some of the live clips they have there are not, it's all variations of Hollywood Bowl again. Well, yeah. that's, you know? but that's, that's the thing, Rob. You, you mentioned something I wanted to bring up. And I think it's important when we're looking at any product, you know, when we're looking at an album that's already been released and right. we're reviewing it now, we have the beauty of... 20, 30, 40, 50 years of listening to that album. And, you know, we may not, if we had gotten together when Ringo the Fourth, let's just say for argument's sake, came out in 70 whatever, we might have killed it and other people killed it then too. We also, for better or for worse, we also have the benefit or the disadvantage of having other people's critiques. Correct. To look at at the time. Right. Something like eight days a week comes off. This is fresh. Yeah, it was fresh for everybody, so, for all of us. And, yeah, and we should say it since won a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, yeah, but at the yeah, same time, eyes. it did win one. I, I mean, um, I have to be blunt. I don't backpedal. Right. On right. It. Oh, I'm not backpedaling. No, no well, I, I, I don't either. But, and I, I've, we, we explained <clears throat> what we liked but, and disliked about it. But if you want to just go to an alternate topic within this type of topic. Yeah. Well, that's the idea. Yeah, I don't want it to no, always not, be about okay. eight days no, a week. No, I mean, it's, this is just a just starting made point us realize. as to why the episode But is, think is. about when Double Fantasy came out. How many reviews were not positive for oh, John's yeah. stuff? And after he was shot and oh, murdered. Oh, so angry. And then all of a sudden, some of those reviews weren't turned in yet. Or maybe they were and they went back and listened to it afterwards. And all of a sudden- Everything oh, changed. It was wonderful. He was just on the verge of his greatest right, work. So I'll be very blunt, and I'll use his name, even though I don't like using it. And look, if you're a fan of the show, I'm sorry, dude, but maybe you're sorry you did this. But there's a guy named Wayne Robbins did reviews for the Newsday, the, for Newsday, Newsday yeah. here on Long Island, yep. and he slam he didn't slam the record, but he gave a very fair-handed a review, fair review of the album when it came out, saying, "Good on you, John. Welcome back, boy. We look forward to when you really start." Right. Making some great music right. again. This is, we're happy that you're back. It's a starter kit, so to speak. Exactly. 
And then after Lenin was killed, oh my goodness, oh how well, how poignant that woman how poignant is. is. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a topic as what we do and, and other people too. It's not just us. Do you always have to support? Because we're Beatle fans and solo Beatle fans, do we always have to support every project that comes along? Well, you. That's the question. Off mic, you worded something very, very well. You came up with sort of like different concepts. There's there. the fan, the okay. regular fan. There is the protector. The protector, no matter what, is is always beautiful. It's great, and and if it's not perfect, oh well, he's it's a, still a good record. What was the third one I said? I don't remember. There's the those fan, are the protector, two and then the the, the, the journalist, the journalist, the journalist. Who, who's maybe a little detached from it. Yeah, but we're not detached from no, it. No, no, well, we're not. But but yes, we are though. In a, in in a, a way, way, we are. I will support the idea that maybe the issue with us is that we try desperately hard to not be too close. I think the fear when it comes to something like you know the Beatles is that uh, there is the danger of quickly becoming a protector. Um, but if we did that, we wouldn't be honest with anybody. No, absolutely not. But, but I mean, I think there are people who are protectors, quote unquote, who are being honest with themselves. They really genuinely think that everything is great. Right. I mean, they really genuinely, you know, I, I hear it now with a lot of different artists. I mean, I, there are artists that I've now kind of turned off of for varying reasons. But I can respect my friends who haven't. I've been a lifelong, hardcore Neil Young fan. And he's lost me the last couple of records. Elton John, lifelong collector. He's he's kind of lost me. You know, I like the last album, but given the choice, I'm still going to play Captain Fantastic one more time. I'll even play Captain and the Kid or, or the songs from the West Coast before I, I play Captain the new album. Kid's Captain Kid's a great record. So I think, I mean, one of the things that is interesting in how I think we approach things, which I don't know if listeners pick out or if we're really that straightforward about, but... The concept to me is we're doing a show about the Beatles. When it comes to anything like a eight days a week, we go into it, I think, with this overriding attitude that it's the effing Beatles. Like the way McCartney said, it's the effing Beatles. Yeah. Shut up. I think that's how we go into it. And I think in a way, and correct, stop me if you think, but, but I think that we go in with the, well, it's the Beatles. Shut up. But how are the Beatles being, in our opinions, and now when we, this is where we become detached, I think, more so than being too close. How are the Beatles being presented, represented? In a way, it is a protector factor because we're looking at it and saying that the legacy, in our opinion, is not being well represented. I think when it comes to the solo Beatles, all gloves are off, I think. I think we're different. I think we take a different... Tell me if you agree with it. A different I'm not, I'm line not sure of I do agree. criticism. The, the one thing I wanted to bring up, and maybe this will help, is the expectation when we hear about a product or a yes. project. The expectation versus the actual. And that leads back to sort of what I'm saying about the idea of how well is this new idea that's going to get us all keyed up and excited. But that's the Beatles themselves, oh, but, because with, well, with eight days a week, and again, I'm bringing back eight days a week just because that's what well, precipitated everything. Well, we can pick, pick another project. Well, I, I can no, do it, too. Uh, well, well, I, I want to do it with eight days a week first, Okay. because that's what really brought up this whole subject. With eight days a week, the Beatles themselves, or whatever, White Horse or whatever, they started it by saying, we're going to give you a live project. So right away now, fans, which we are first... We are. Again, though, I'll just stop here, though. But we're fans who are, to defer to what 
fans are saying, are close to the topic in a sense that we are looking at the cutting-edge blogs, we are getting first-hand information trickling down from the organization. That, well, so that, that's that, to our advantage and, and our disadvantage. disadvantage. Well, to, to our so, well, but when we're hearing about the Beatles Live Project dot com, we're all hearing about it together. That right. no one is any right. you know no one has any inside information at that point. So us as Beatle fans, forget about the journalists who are too close. Us as Beatle fans are expecting something, just like yes. every other fan was expecting. And and Agreed. I think. Out of the recent projects that have come out with the Beatles, this project, the Eight Days a Week project, changed over time, and our expectations didn't change with the change. Well, th- that might that be true, part too. of it too. And yes, you know, we still yeah. expected what they told us. We didn't know it was changing right. until we got it. And and they, I would love to have seen a longer version of that movie, uh, a little more explanation on some things, and and I'm sure our friends in Great Britain. If you watch eight days a week, you think the Beatles only toured in America. But I, I will go back to the idea, though, that we, as far as how we approach the show and how we approach things, I think as reporters, I think our expectations, back to expectations, are a lot higher when it comes to the Beatles than the solo Beatles. In a sense that yes, I if you agree. hear tomorrow that Ringo's doing a new album. Well, he, for instance, we just heard Ringo had Paul McCartney in his studio Yesterday, yeah, okay. For, so and he posted pictures of Paul and okay. said, "Thank you Great. for playing bass." What do we expect now? Right, exactly. We uh, now the reality is, okay, Paul was visiting and, right. and Elton John stopped by. Well, and, and Joe, Joe Walsh, Walsh stopped Nathan in, East, and, they, and and right. and Ben Montench. What are we expecting? The truth is, this is not going to be the Ringo album from '73. No, it's not. And, and, and the the good thing is, if it is, Great. it's going to blow us away. We will be incredibly pleasantly surprised. But I think our expectations are very tamed. I think, again, to his credit, McCartney has raised the bar as a solo artist. So I think when the next McCartney record comes out, we as journalists, fans, reporters, we're going in treading very carefully because we just came off of two phenomenal records in a row. I'm talking about solo McCartney records. Memory Almost Full. Oh, Memory Almost Full. Yeah. I mean, you know, we came off of two... And even electric arguments. Yep. Yes, but and, you know, I'm, but you and know, and creation, and, and, and creation, and and you know, kisses on the bottom. You know what too, though? Here, here's the difference with the solo Beatles, especially the two surviving Beatles. Well, we don't know what to expect. Well, we don't know what to expect. Right. But with the right. Beatles, there's it's only a there. finite thing. And you know what? Maybe as journalists, and maybe as quote insiders, even though I don't consider myself an insider, because yes, I know some things, but that other people don't at some points. But then everybody knows it. All right, so before it comes out, so whatever. I'm not. I'm not any thank, special. But either. thankfully, we have to look at the idea too that we probably have sets of fans who listen to the show, who we are grateful that they're there, who aren't going on a lot of different blogs and stuff like that. But we even may if, be their. I won't say their only source of. But yes, but even we may if, be but one of a couple of but sources. We never give away stuff. We never would give away stuff. No, look, give away meaning spoilers, right? right. I mean, right. We don't. Right. Well, not we on did air. a little bit on the, in the, with the but, movie. We did a little. Uh, yeah, but no, but, no I bit. don't mean it like that. I mean, we're not sitting here saying, well, we, there's going to be a White Album box. If, even if we knew there was, we don't do that. Right. We talk about it when it well, happens. We don't tell people that we have it already. No, either, we don't. But, we, well, we, don't, we also don't, don't do a lot of speculation. That's part but of it, But here's the thing. With the final Judgment, maybe. but <laughs> Judgment, spec, yeah, but that's spec, what we- we try not to do as much. But with the Beatles, because there is only a finite amount of material- 
All right, and we know what most of it is. Oh, look, there's stuff that we don't know what it is, obviously. You know, we still don't know Carnival of Light, blah, 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 blah. But again, once the Beatles have stuff out, the Beatles are not producing any more new stuff. They're right. not, uh, right. unless it was Real Love and Free as a Bird, and, and that's an aberration. Uh, so we may know what's out there and not, not out there. So like in the case of Eight Days a Week, if they're telling us they're going to give us live stuff, well, we know what's good live stuff, all right, and we're expecting that. Because you've told us we're getting stuff from the audiences, from the fans, and, the, and now we're expecting that. With this movie in, in particular, the expectation was such, they changed the expectation on us. They didn't tell anybody they were changing the expectation or what it would be, the outcome. So we're still expecting what they originally told us. Yeah. So now when we see it and it's not anything like the original project, of course we're going to be negative. But is it our fault for not shifting? We, well, didn't we didn't know. know. We didn't How know. would we have known? But then again, but like, I'm saying adapting. In other words, do did we, we get too rigid? Did we get too rigid and not adapt? My response is... Should we have said maybe stop thinking what the expectation but, but was? We, this is what we got. We had said at the end of that review, look, still go see it. As a movie, it's entertaining. It's this, it's that. That's a disclaimer. Uh, but I, but I also, if film, you remember what I said, I said it's a movie for fans who really aren't Beatle fans, like like if I sent my mother or my brother there, sure. they would sure. probably enjoy it a little more than we do because we sort of know the story and we We're also know, story. but we also know they could right. have made that better, a better movie. Right. That's and the other thing. And, and, and if, if you're not that involved, mm -hmm. you, you pull yourself away and say, oh, that's very nice. Looking at it as elitism versus just sort of knowing and trying to report I take it the idea that my day hat, I'm a librarian, and there was a comment that someone made to me years ago, and I responded with something that was a joke from library school, where someone said, wow, you're a librarian, you must know everything. And I said, I don't know anything, I only know where you find it. <laughs> and the thing is, when it comes to Beatles-related projects, anything, whether it's a book, a compilation, a re-edit, a this or that, I don't necessarily think the three of us walk around thinking, well, we could have done it better. No, we think, I think they the should have done it better. I, and I think the problem is because we are aware of that kind of one degree of separation group of people who are kind of the Beatles insiders. And even, let's be honest, we also know some of the undergrounders. Yeah. And we know what they're capable of and what they do. And we look and we say... Well, it's not necessarily that we could have done it better, but we know others who could have done it yeah. better. Or why didn't they do it why better? Why didn't they do it better? Well, and and you know, so it's the question of, of you know. you just said, Purple Chick a few years ago. Yeah. You know, they put yeah. together all the outtakes for each album, included the mono and the stereo. This is before the monos were released. And, and they put it out online. You know, it was free for downloading. And they did a pretty damn good job, how they did it and everything. And Apple didn't follow that exactly. But the mono box came out, and there should have been more of them, but they, they at least put it out as a box. And What um, you just said, though, you said there should have been more of them. No, meaning not the albums, but just there was only a limited amount of- Oh, uh, and you of, mean quantity. Uh, quantity, because I don't think they thought it was going to sell, even though they've always talked uh, about you know the mono being it. My thing about what we do also, and we talked about this when you guys were down on Beatles songs and we had Al Sussman on, we brought up the topic- Paul McCartney, his voice is not what it is, and it seems on a kind of a a bad descent right now. We had it in, in the and, listener, the listener show, right? One and, of the, and that's, the last listeners right. episode and that we did as well. Th the question is, 
Do you not mention that? Do you go because it's Paul McCartney and you know there's only two more tours maybe left or whatever? Or do you not care or do you just go because I've never seen him before? You know, I didn't go to the last tour because I heard, you know, his voice wasn't there and I don't want to remember him as a guy with a bad voice. But at right. the same time, as Mitch has told us and said on the air and, and other things, he saw the Irvin Plaza show and it was he, he, it was a very but, good show the night before the 40th here, anniversary here's for SNL. Here's the thing, though, with that. But the question as, is, as fans or what we do, do we not talk about it? Do we you know, well, not see, it's our it? obligation. No, it's yeah. our obligation as journalists to mention it. If you want to yeah. then decipher that info whichever way you want to decipher it, then that's a different story. Right. Right. But if we just said, Paul's great, he's touring, you should see him because he's a Beatle. I mean, you know what? It would be doing a disservice as a journalist. To, but to, there are to there are the some fan. fans who think that way. But that's and that, there's nothing and, wrong. But with that. that's not our exactly. Fault. But what you just said is, but there's nothing wrong with that. Right. right. You know, the idea being, we are not going to ever go around and say, you know, don't go. Oh see my Paul. God, don't get the new the new Ringo album sucks. Why would you want to ever? We'll give our opinion, you know, but we'll never say don't buy it. You, somebody may turn around and say, you know what? I happen to love this new record. It's my favorite, and we're going to go. Well, all right, that's cool. I mean, we've had people write in and say, guys, you know, I mean, really? we, had, I mean, we yeah. had fun with Ringo the Fourth. A lot of people writing back in saying, wow, I went back to revisit this album yeah. to see if you guys really were. And boy, it really does suck. Right. You know? And then we get some people like, funny. I can't then they only were, gave it a seven yeah. when I give yeah. it a nine and a half. Well, I give also, it a, the, awesome. you know, the Ringo the Fourth album, people saying, how can you guys give it a four? <laughs> right. Well, right. Well, the, <laughs> or the three. Is, but you gave it the four. You yeah. know what, though? <laughs> the expectation is something really important sometimes i wish we weren't that close because you know it's nice being just a fan we were in a uh, an event yeah, we're fans that collect bootlegs and well i'm not like worried lot, about the bootlegs like or what that. we collect it's just that we are fans though well, you're, we, you're more than a fan if you're collecting bootlegs i don't know if you're more than a fan i, I don't have any uh, rolling stone bootlegs or who bootlegs well, but no, you wouldn't consider would be yourself bootlegs. A, right um, you wouldn't consider yourself a rolling stones fan but i am I, but i don't have any, i don't have like the die hard stuff well i don't think you have you to know? be the, but yeah. the, well, with the beatles it's a different story because we are so die hard but we sat in an event where we heard a very 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 high up person say out of their own mouth there will be a revolver deluxe box set that's right that was an expectation we heard that yes okay we never got but, one now, right. But, but no one else knows that. Here, again, right. But I'll turn to this idea. Go ahead. One of the things that I think we try to hold to, especially for listeners who have heard multiple episodes of the show, and that's with no disrespect to listeners who have only heard one or two episodes. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. But listeners who are regular listeners, we have a certain degree of transparency in a sense that people get to know your quirks and loves and, and unloves, your quirks and loves and unloves and my quirks and loves and unloves so there's like definitely transparency and there's definitely the fact that you listen to our show on a regular basis you'll know that when that person said there's going to be a revolver box my reaction is right because that's me right and all of our listeners know that you know you guys one of you or both of you may be optimistically thinking well look if he's saying it it's serious i am the cynic in terms of what the business world, you've been through, and I'm not giving anything away, I don't no. think you've been through enough with them personally yeah. to realize some of the business pitfalls. Unfortunately. Right. And that's the, that are involved. That's the pitfall of, of being sometimes too close. Too close, yeah. But that, that doesn't really determine my attitude. No, towards- but I think that that transparency and the fact that we're sort of helps, like in other words, 
if you show me an album or or a video and it's new and no one's ever seen it and but John is obviously stoned out of his mind. Yeah. I'm not going to appreciate it. Like for me, let it be. Let it be. See now to me, right. Right. That's like a good me, example. Let it be is not out yet. The expectation is hopefully it will be, okay? But I don't like the movie no matter what. I'll say that for the record, I'm not a fan of Let It Be. See, whereas well, for me, I really as a journalist, I guess, I I chew on that material. Well, I that's really fine, but here's the problem. But, well, but here's the problem with it, though. Let it be will hopefully come out, and I'll give it a negative review because I don't like it. It has nothing to do with whether it looks beautiful or sounds beautiful. I just don't like it as a movie. But what so, happens and if— then what, And then what? What happens if it comes out— And they recut it and stuff? And they recut that's, it, and they add bonus material. I, well, then that's a different story. I, well, if it so, comes out as such— I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give it a negative review because I never liked the movie. Well, the, but then do people say to me, well, Mitch, you hate everything? No, I don't hate everything. I love Help. I love Hard Day's Night. I even like Magical Mystery Tour a little bit. You know, but again, that's something, that's but, a product but, that could but come but out, but I'm a journalist. I just don't like it. But, that doesn't mean I have to love it because it's finally out. But right. think about Let It Be. There's a great example. The movie starts off really slow and depressing. And then, you know, the, the music starts going, and, and actually the end is kind of sure, man. uplifting. They're on the roof, thank you. As soon as you get to Apple, right. it becomes more uplifting. If you take away the fact that the Beatles broke up, partly because of that movie and but the making of that album. Take that but, away. but let's say that beginning part where they're, they're totally, you know, they can't jam together, they can't do anything together. Let's say it wasn't that part where it wasn't in the movie. And it starts off with something else. Where they're well, actually that would playing, be a half-hour TV special. Well, that's originally what it was supposed to be. So it's sometimes how you end it. Orson Welles said a, a, a movie depends on where you uh, have the ending. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. if you have Citizen Kane end where he gets married... It's a happy ending. If right. you have Citizen Kane and where it does, it's a depressing. That's about a slip. You know yeah, what, though? Can I, can I right. make one observation? Absolutely. And I think this is a good example. Beatles won. We went as a group. We saw the preview. They showed us what they wanted to show us. Okay? They did. They picked and chose what they wanted us to report about. Right. So we went into the car and reported that I had a 30-minute show of joyous exuberation. And, oh, my God, wait till this comes out. Exuberation? Exuberation? Exuberance. Exuberance. Thank you. I'm getting all all excited at things, you know. That was fun. Thank you. No, but we were very excited about what we had seen because they showed us what they wanted to see almost like a trailer of a movie you know and then it becomes the best part of the movie is the trailer sure well guess what Beatles 1 for us the best part of Beatles 1 became what we saw because they didn't show us the garbage parts that the interlacing and that we saw in the actual product that's true so now we were all exuberant about it in the car, and people went, oh, my God, they love it, they love it, I can't wait for it to come out. Right. And then when it right. came out, we were not as excited about it as we were then. So and I, is that our fault? Well, it's, it's, Maybe, because it's, we shouldn't have maybe done the first show. I understand that point, and I do agree with that in a way, but what becomes very difficult, and the line that we end up walking, which becomes so hard to do, is... You'll always have the fan base who we respect, who, like you say, are the protectors. And the idea is just, you know what? Back to Paul McCartney. It's the effing Beatles. Shut up. 
But again, and it's back to the idea that I don't think it's that we're too close. I think it's that we've been around the block as Beatle collectors, each of us for over 40, 45 years. Yeah. Long time. So the idea is, no, I'm going to be annoyed that I'm looking on my 40-inch screen, not even on a big screen in a movie theater, and this video clip looks even to the casual eye. Like, I, I love the fact that I can rely on the idea that I bring my wife in. Winnie, come here. Have a look at this. What right. do you think? And we look and go, wow, that looks like crap. Correct. What do you think of this? Does this look better? Oh, yeah, that definitely looks better. I could take a layman's eyes. Sorry, honey. I know, no, but I, you know what I mean. No, I, mean, I know what you mean. You know, a non-hardcore fan's eyes and have her look at something and agree with me and go, well, that just looks terrible. One of my bootlegs from 10 years ago actually looks better. Yes, clinically, perhaps it is not better. But I think that, unfortunately, the Beatles being a band that's 60 years old, 50-something years old, and modern technology, the two are not marrying well. No. No, And we are in the middle as, you know, you're a first-generation fan, I'm the very beginning of a second generation fan I'm, I'm middle of Rob second. you're a second generation fan middle of second generation fan and we we don't necessarily think that the technology is the schniz is the be all end all yeah. well, we want it to look pretty on our 40 inch TV well I, I want to bring up something that goes back and it's actually now we have a 22 year gap since it's come out or 21 but if you remember when the anthologies came out there was some songs that were edited from various versions to make new versions. And there were a lot of people who were angry, diehard fans, who were angry that they actually did this, even though the Beatles did it themselves as a band where they would take two different versions and make, you know, a version. Strawberry Fields, I Want You, She's So Heavy, two examples right there. And if you remember, there was a lot of anger because we had heard the bootlegs, and we know how it ends cold or it ends with a bad note or whatever. But I think as time has gone by, the, what they did was the right thing. And that might be part yeah. of it, too. Because I can understand why they did Penny Lane the way they did on Anthology 2. Or the fact that they took a day in a life and made it you know, from several takes. I like it. I, I, if they had more versions like that, I'd be very happy. I, because there's no more new music or even old music to go through really anymore. But I think it's interesting because you hit a, another unique aspect of how long we've been collecting and how long we've been doing this. Long time. You, you look at the idea that that was 22 years ago. Imagine. <laughs> you know, yeah. 20, you know, it's hard to believe. So that's 22 years ago. That comes out. Now, at that time... Well, that's 1995. Yeah, right, I mean, right. At that time, I found that stuff really pleasant listening. As... A hardcore, hardcore, hardcore bootleg collector myself, I kind of had that little nudge, nudge, wink, wink with friends going, you know, we have the full tank of that one. Right, right. They don't have it. But you know what, though? It sounds really, really good. But the hardcores out there, there was such a small group of the bootleg recordings 22 years ago. There were a certain very finite number of bootleg CDs out there. CDs especially. CDs especially and the vinyl between the two. And you you could kind of like get a good feel of what was out there by having like a core collection of bootlegs. Those anthologies came out. You were blown away by what you'd never heard before. They did the edits really well. 
and you had those bootlegs available. Now the problem is there are tens of thousands of bootleg titles available. They're everywhere. You can go online and see stuff. You can hear stuff everywhere. There's misinformation everywhere. And now the problem is and, that and it's downloadable anywhere. And it's downloadable uh. everywhere. And and you know what? Yes, it's great because people can hear everything. Right. But the problem is now you've crossed a line because now we are looking at this as archivists and historians because now we're old. So we're yeah. not just looking at this as just fans. We're looking at it as, you know, oh, hell, you're going to combine take seven and take eight? First of all, you have the ability because CDs are 80 minutes and it doesn't cost you much to put five of them in a package instead of four. Give us tr- take seven and eight because I think history has gotten but that's, way more I think, confused. I think in, in 10 years when literally, you know, think about Bob Dylan. His, his stuff is in – he just donated his stuff to some university. Springsteen donated some stuff to Monmouth University. Sure, and he's and, been – Dylan's been putting out those right. amazing But it gets sets. to the point where some of it is for copyright reasons and some of it is for critical reasons. But as it gets further away from when – the artist made it, or if the artist dies, you might look at it differently. So take seven and take precious. right. Take seven and take eight of whatever. You can say okay, you can, both of them can come out. But if you really want to listen to something that was coherent, and the beginning of seven is really good, and the beginning of eight sucks, you can maybe edit it together, and it becomes Absolutely. a new song technically. Absolutely. But I think we're losing the focus of what we're talking no, no, about. No, but but no. but no. But the thing is, there was a lot of people who were against all that editing and that was a George Martin decision because he thought that it shouldn't just be the raw tapes because the, first of all the bootlegs already done that but there are some bootleg stuff where it's fun to listen to but you don't want to listen to it if you don't know the Beatles but you see our job here is to inform right, right? I would say Sometimes. Okay. and entertain well, well no no I, I, I mean that I'm, I'm, but what I'm saying is our job is not to review, so to speak. We will give our opinion and rate the album or rate the product, but our job is to inform you about what it is, okay? But we if, offer a lot of opinion though we, we certainly do, but what I'm saying is when we inform and entertain but whatever, but when we inform you, there might be people that then say, wow, I never knew that, and that sways my opinion on things. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean we're swaying your opinion. We're informing you to make your own decision. Right. All right? right. Now, we do give our opinion, but that, again, I've said it on our Facebook page. I've said it on the air. We are not the be-all, end-all of Beatle critics, reviewers, journalists, fans, whatever. So... You know, if we tell you that we don't like something, you're more than welcome to fight us on it. The only thing is, when it came to eight days a week, I personally took a step back and said, all these people are really, really enjoying it. Why aren't I? And then other people also asked us, you know, why aren't you? Because everybody else seems to like it and you guys hate it. And again, we didn't hate it, but but people kept saying that because they weren't going to articulate the way they probably could have if they were talking one-on-one to us. Right. They have a right. Facebook thread and going into, you guys thought it sucked. Yeah. Well, that's not the truth but about anything, really. But I had to ask myself, why are 
Why am I not just going into the theater and bouncing up and down like all those other people but I'm looking at? Think about how we criticize the film, which makes me go back to certain things and, and saying too close. I go back to other groups, and, and I'm, I'm relating this to other bands because the idea is being too close to a topic. So I don't think it's just the Beatles that we're talking about. I think the idea, like for me, I talk about the fact, lifelong Elton John fan, when the album Single Man came out in 1978, the reality hit me. I was not just an Elton John fan. The real truth was I was a Taupin John fan. I'm a lyricist, so Bernie was equally important in that mix. I have so many friends who love that album. It's great. It's part of the, it's one of the, it's another Elton record from the 70s. He was great throughout the 70s, the victim of love. <laughs> no, no, because to me, I'm too close to the lyricism of Bernie Taupin. That is really my element that I appreciate so much. So while other fans can look at that record and with a critical, well, you know, yeah, you know, okay, it's not, it's not a Tumbleweed Connection, but yeah, it's a great record. I look at the lyrics and Gary Osborne, the lyricist, just wasn't there yet. He did some decent songs later on, but that album is very, very weak lyrically. I looked at eight days a week, and I was looking at it in a lot of ways from a cinematographic standpoint, and I just disliked it. Well, that's a different story. Again, so but, right. But, but see, I'm just here's saying. the thing, though. Let's just say we thought it should have been better for whatever reason. Okay, whatever reason. Yeah. And now. Let's just say the Beatles heard us and said, we're not going to release it yet. We're going to make it better. Because you guys said we're going to make No, I'm just, I'm being, I'm very hypothetical. You know, it was, no. it was messed up because Paul left that message on my answering machine. I and you never did. got back to yeah, him. Yeah, I know. It was so I, I told you week. to, though. You erased it. It was yeah, such well, a rough I, I week. I told you to get back to John. But, yeah. Um, nice. No, but it, let's just hypothetically say. John never say, called me back. Anyway, well, there's a reason. I, no, I know. Uh, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, but let's just hypothetically say, you know what? Apple came to us and said, what do you guys hate about the movie? And Ron Howard came to us and said, what, do you, what should we do? Well, here's what we should do. Now, the public doesn't know yet what's going on, all right? They're still expecting a good movie. Now they get a great movie because they've listened to us for some reason or they've listened to someone else. It doesn't matter if it's us or anybody else. They've listened to a forum of 20 of, of, of us of, in yeah, a room. Right. That I, are I don't all... mean to make us the elitist. No, no, no. But I see what in you're general, saying. In general. Right. Now right. they make it better. Right. You're not saying it's us as a, you know, as or whatever they're saying, or saying is a, it's whatever yeah. it is. No, but yeah. it, now they take 30 Beatle journalists or 30 Beatle fans, whatever, and they listen to them, and nobody's seen the movie, and now they see the movie, and they say, it's an effing great movie, okay? And we say, it's an effing great movie. All the world is good. But if you remember... They put it up in a room, and what did the people say? They said, get rid of the music. Well, yeah, well, they did test markets, but they didn't do test markets for Beatle fans. They did test markets for the mass market. Um, aha! Which brings me... Which brings me to my next point. The idea of, are we too close? Does that essentially disqualify us from being relevant as a show... As reviewers, as journalists, to anyone but the hardcore fan. We try not. We try not to be, but can we help it? In other words... No, we can't. Right. So, in other words, we are coming into the whole concept. We've just vanished in a puff of logic. No, we've... we've no, I mean, that's We're true, coming though. into it, at in a way, at a disadvantage. Because 
we are, as you just said, the test audience wasn't a bunch of Beatles fans. Well, unfortunately, bunch of hardcore Beatles fans is not what gets the movie right. Not sold, as, especially at this sold. at this point. Could it have done both? You know, Tony, you've, you That's did the until a couple of weeks ago. You did Beatles tracks, your, your Beatles radio show. I'm still doing Beatles songs. On WHPC every Friday, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, God. Um, a and there, was, there was one time I was, I was riffing on the air, and I said, someone asked me, why do you do the show? And I said, well, I'd like to have the casual fan get the casual fan. I would like to have the guy in the middle, not the hardcore fan, but the, you know, the person who maybe has the Beatle albums but doesn't have bootlegs or something, to become more of a hardcore fan. I'd like the hardcore fan to say, hey, he played something I don't know. And... That's, I think, what we're trying to do here the same way. I agree with you. We, uh, yeah. The casual fan can listen to us and still know what we're talking about, but the hardcore fan you know, might get a joke that we did that maybe the casual fan doesn't do. Right. And I think right. that's what it's all about. If you think about it, uh, we talked about this off mic. We talked about it one day, the Led Zeppelin reissues, and Jimmy Page did it. He went back to the tapes himself, and the, the rest of the band said, yeah, do what you want. And... Um, Everyone said how great they were, and if I, I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan. I have all the records, but I don't not have anything that would be a great diehard fan. And you're a big Zeppelin fan, and the first thing you said is it was horrible. A lot of mixes were wrong, or they, it just sounds like crap. Some of the, the rare stuff that they put on there wasn't that rare. But I would or just know wasn't that wasn't significant, right? Wasn't but I wouldn't important. know that because I'm not a diehard fan. And if I went and bought those records, I said, "Oh, no, that's a nice right. you know, song or a nice additional song that they added on." And in so. a way, you're, that nails it. I mean, it's the mm. difference between who we are interpreting as the market is part of it. Because we don't want, if, if we just thought of, and other shows like this too, just thought of the hardcore fan, you'd have seven guys who are saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. You know, even if we were right. Right. But if we're doing a show about Ringo the Fourth, then we're then we're catering to the hardcore fan. Yeah, but you know Precis- what? Yes. Yeah, but they, you know I what? I fully agree with you. But there. sometimes you can listen to that as just pure entertainment. No, which you I th- can't. No, you can. no I think know. I think there are casual fans who are listening to our Ringo the Fourth episode. And they I might, think, maybe. you know, they might say, so. "Oh, okay, they, we had a fun time doing it." Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that the come for the facts, stay for the fun. You yeah, know, what I mean, that, like that's you, a you good can. Come in, and we do. We we come up with some great facts or some not great. You know what I mean? We come no, up with some interesting factoids pertinent. and ideas and pertinent. And the goal is to be amusing. So, for the casual fan, I think the goal is to try to provide that. And I think for that, for the humor, I think as Rob is pointing out, being too close means the ridiculous inside jokes that you know friends of ours who are fellow old friends or DJs or you know my friend George Walsh who hosts the Dylan show George always says you know I love hearing the little things that go on under your breath you know he's Mitch's under his breath comments are always you know well, funnier than anything. but these are little usually little inside beetle jokes for that respect being too close is actually incredibly helpful yes but is that <clears throat> helpful when we're reviewing a product or a project no. Well, yes and no, because I think it ties elements together. I think your jokes, your asides, your asides don't happen if they're not relevant in some way. Maybe. So if you're talking about something having to do with the album it Wildlife, can, it which you, the show. it connects to the show, but also too, if you're talking about something having to do with wildlife and you make some kind of under the breath comment relating it to X, Y, or Z, 
your comment's only going to be humorous because there's got to be irrelevance. Maybe. Maybe only a hardcore fan is going to pick it up, but it also could end up... We've had so many incidents on the show where things that one or the other one of us says under their breath or very casually ends up becoming an enlightening point. Yes, but enlightening to whom? Us. I don't think it's just us. Okay. I don't think I don't think we'd have the fan. I don't think we'd have listeners. We're fans. Yeah, no, but there are times when we're doing this show where I'll say something to your side of the toys and and we didn't think of it or we forgot about it or and it was like, oh yeah. And I would hope you know? that's one of the reasons why the fans of our show continue listening. But do you ever wish that we were just fans again? We that can't. we could, that we can you go. Know, you can't, I, I don't you can't think we unring, can anymore. You can't unring the bell. You can't be, well, that's go back the thing, to the virgin or whatever. Can we? Well, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. We can't for different reasons, and it's not just because of Fab Four Free for All. Rob and I stopped being fans when we started the radio show. You stopped being a fan when you wrote Beetle Tunes. We're still fans. We're, we're still we're, fans. We're, we're different fans, though. But right, but we're, we're different fans. We, we we're part of the presentation. Of the Beatles. Right. You know, it, it, book, it's not book, that we're official. And, think you about know. your book, Mitch. It's a good book. It's a, it has a lot of knowledge that not a lot of people knew before. You brought that into the pie of the Beatle knowledge. You know, the giant pizza right. pie that we call Beatle knowledge. The knowledge base. And he, yeah. And here, here's your book and here's me doing my show and Tony when he did his show. And the thing that gets me is what sometimes gets me about fans, and this, this is slightly off, but I want to bring it back. Is when they say, well, you know, Capital put out all the Beach Boy stuff. Why can't they do that for the Beatles? And first of all, Capital controls the Beach Boy stuff. They don't have to really go to the Beach Boys to get permission because they own it. Capital don't control the Beatles stuff. The Beatles have to be involved with the project. And it sometimes bothers me that we know why the Beatles, it takes much longer. It's four people having to agree, all four. And I wish people wouldn't say, well, the Beach Boys look did at what or you, But look at what whatever. you're saying, though. What you're what, saying. Name another band that has, you know, right. the Monkees, a great example. You know, the Monkees have had a great re-release program, but they're not going to Mickey Dolan's, and he'll be the first to tell you to say, hey, what do you think of this? Right. But, but so. again, you've hit something where you, the idea being that one of our goals, and Mitch said it, you've said it, is to inform. Right. So the truth is, it's like anything else. I'm happy to... Where I work, I work at a library. You get questions. And we always learn the idea that when someone asks you a reference question, that there are always like three answers. There's the succinct answer, the slightly more expanded answer, and there's the person that is obviously looking not just for the answer, but for the background that leads to the answer. Okay. I think by us being, I don't think being too close is a bad thing. As long as we're aware of the idea that there is a succinct answer for a question like that. If someone comes to you and talks to you about why the Beatles stuff isn't out, you can turn around and in one sentence say, you know, it's a lot easier for the Beach Boys stuff to come out because Capitol Records controls everything. They don't control the Beatles stuff. One sentence and you've taken care of it. If you want to go deeper, you can go deeper. And that can be a lengthy topic of conversation for us. Mm. So that's the difference between being and you, they're taking out the too close, but being close. That's a good point. To the topic yeah. versus the idea of just being casual. And in a way, it, it's like the idea, you don't want to go back to being a virgin. You know, you know stuff now. Yeah. You know, 
And the idea is, you know, no, I don't think I'd want to go back to being just a fan because I think that the reason why the three of us are in this room is that innate curiosity and innate desire to know more about things that we like. You're a baseball fan. I'm I'm pointing to Mitch, by the way, everybody. You know, you're a sports fan too, Rob. I mean, hell. And, you know, you guys know stuff about sports. You do a sports show. Right. You know, you know baseball stats and stuff like that. I don't. But where I'm going is that when we, people like us, take an interest, I think we also go about wanting to learn about the topic. I think it's innate in our personalities. And, and also the Beatles mean something to us. You know, I, we all have different bands that we ha- we like, but we don't go in depth the way we do with the Beatles. Right. You know, I just told you I like the Stones, but I don't have any bootlegs. I've only seen them once in my life as a touring group. You know, they saw them in 1994. I've seen the Who a few times, but I don't have every record of theirs. And if I want to talk Who, though, I can talk the Who with you because you're a yeah. huge Who fan. Yeah. And you know a lot more than me, and I, I get information from that, but I don't well, have a, a deep, diehard thing. Now, but Billy Joel, I love Billy Joel. I just wish he hadn't stopped making music. But that type of interest in what we like is whatever, either music or sports or books, you find out, okay, I like that a lot. Let me find out more. Yeah. Here's it's, the it's, thing. Well, well, listening to you, I get the music. Yeah. Gazing, gazing well, it's like, at you, it's like, I get the, Sorry. Oh, thank you. Sorry. But it's like, um, just on a tangent here, if you read All the President's Men, you might want to then afterwards go back to the articles that were in the Washington yeah, Post, they actually sure. read the articles. Sure. And then oh, maybe yeah. that read gets you to go other places within that type uh, of thing. You know what, though? You hit something, but go ahead. Yeah. Here's the other thing. What gets me a little, not hurt or anything, because I don't take it personally. I don't. But, you know, when we talk about a Ringo album and we say we're going to talk about a Ringo album, right away we get the negative, oh, a Ringo show. But that's not us telling you to be negative about a Ringo show. You've got a preconceived notion about Ringo. We don't. We're going to give you a Ringo show. We might tell you that the album we're reviewing stinks or that we feel it stinks, but you've already got that preconceived notion. Or we might like it. We might like it. That's true, too. Most of the Ringo albums we have liked. Yes, but what I'm saying is... think about it. But what I'm saying is people always say, well, we're negative about stuff, but... You know, likewise, our listeners are also. I, I, I'm not saying our listeners also. No, no but there's but a preconception. There's, a, there's definitely preconceived yeah, of uh, a preconception of certain things, and, and I'm not saying only for solo. You know, I, not everything I, the Beatles did was golden, and I'm not going to. You know, we've said it many times. You can put a tuxedo on a goat. Tuxedo, it's still a goat. I, look, I didn't. Love I don't want Carnival of Light to come out because the expectation is something so grand. Yeah. And guess what? It's going to come out, and it's going to be. 20 minutes or 12 minutes of garbage. I didn't love the book Shout. Right. I didn't. It was hard for me partly because I was very close to Ray Coleman and I remember Ray and I having conversations about the book Shout and he never loved the book Shout. And and for a while I was kind of like, I don't really love Philip Norman. He's all right. And you know what? I didn't necessarily read the Lennon book. I probably should have. But you know what? I really, really, really enjoyed his McCartney book. And so, again, even when you're hardcore, I, but I'd be the first one to say, didn't like Shout, never read the Lennon book, but he loved was, the McCartney book. But Philip Norman, so, I read interviews with him, he's also changed his opinion of McCartney. He has, And yes. also when that's he was writing Shout, John was murdered, and that sort of turned the book a little yes. bit too. And, but, but again, it comes down to the idea that one thing about us too, and I think this is something that doesn't happen when there's the two in Too Close, 
is that we will change our attitudes about we something. We, what do we, we say have when, about when different we, items? When we pick our favorite songs, you know, when we right. do those type of shows. every day. And what do we say every, when every we do second. the show? We say, yeah. by the time the show can end, these can change. Right. And right. that it's just the ones we pick at that moment. I get more worried when, by chance, we get a factual thing wrong. Now, for those who don't know, we come in with notes and books and everything. But you know what? It's a conversation, not a script. So we might forget something or say it incorrectly. That's the part I worry about more than if someone likes or sure, dislikes what we gonna do. Sure, but it's going to happen. Because you're always going to have yeah. someone who likes everything or dislikes everything. There are people who hate Ringo. There are people who say, well, why do you even talk about him? Or why do you go see him live? And I'm reminded a few years ago, this, this girl I knew, her name is Valerie, and she had never seen Ringo before. And she saw- She makes you feel so good? <laughs> no. Sorry. And Rose and Valerie. That was, <laughs> no, I actually ah, was doing go. Valerie. If I knew a girl named Rose, it'd be funny. But anyway, she had never seen Ringo before. And so she saw him at Westbury. And I called her the next day to ask her if she liked the show, because I was there too. And she goes, Rob, this was such a great and and I was at that point with Ringo shows is oh my God, how Here many more times yeah, how many more times yeah. I hear Yellow Submarine and right. and with a little right. help of my friends. And her enthusiasm about seeing Ringo changed the way I felt about going to see him after that. Now there you go. And to me, I think that because that also detracts from the concept of being too close. Yeah. I think when we, we I can was getting still, too close because I blew off the 95 tour at Radio that's City. That's what I keep saying. And it's what we said about McCartney, too, in the last show about the listen, you know, the listener show. Look, you know what? I personally probably wouldn't go again. But, dear listeners, you all know how I feel about right. the topic. But if at you the listen, same time, but I'm encouraging and, Ringo right. and Paul Gnatour. So my feeling is I still encourage if I see someone at the library saying, you know, hey, I got McCartney tickets. What do you think I say? You know, oh, oh God, Jesus. you're an idiot. Yeah. Sorry, dude. My, you know, I jump up and down with them. Yeah, right. Oh, my yeah, God, that's, that's cool, awesome. Right. Where are you sitting? Oh, yeah, cool. cool. Well, uh, my, you know, my doctor, uh, what'd you pay for it? Uh, you're an idiot. No. <laughs> that, no well, you could say that. I mean, well, that's a different story, the price yeah, but, versus but, what you're going to see. But yes. my doctor, a few years ago, I'm, I'm talking to him in his office, and I tell him about my Beatles show. He goes, oh, I'm going to see Paul. And, and he goes, I never saw the Beatles before. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. I, mean, I was going to say, well, it's not the Beatles. But, <laughs> but incredible, incredible simulation. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, that's the way he looked at it. And he uh, had a great time at the show. I talked to him later about it. And that's the way it is. So at the same time, we have our opinion. We, we know certain things, but certain things we, we're still I, learning. I just don't Absolutely. want people to get the feeling that we are so close that we can never be happy with a Beatle product because we've been... Or, or <coughs> just knowing what we know about the Beatles. Look at Mark Lewison's book. There was like 20 things in there that no one knew before. Many things there. Well, more than that, Before yeah. that, but we didn't know. And, and well, we love about, that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, look, when we had him on, we talked about the book and everything. How much new things in that book? We right? love just, new. I've well, also, the album new, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah we I've also it. done a disservice, in all honesty, throughout the entire show, the run of this, this episode. No, but I have. I've done a disservice because one of the things moderating the show is, is that it is continually, since we started the show, become fab for free-for-all centric. And at the very tail end of this, I want to lift it out of that concept and move it to the idea that we have many, many dear friends 
you know, Robert Rodriguez, Buskin, Al Sussman, you know, um, Alan Cozen, Alan Cozen, a a whole bunch of friends. And they are all, for better or for worse, in this same boat with us. Yeah. It's funny how we all do this, though. But And then there's Mark. You know, like, Mark is kind of like above all the But he doesn't act that way. BS. No, no, I'm just saying, no, he doesn't act that way. But my point being that that Mark is kind of like, Mark reminds me of Ray Coleman. Mark is the consummate journalist. He's still the fan. He still loves it. But he... He is still so firmly entrenched in, in objectivity, and well, I credit him You know him what I tell people that. when I talk about Mark Lewis? And remember when we did the 1974 show? Yeah. He was taking notes based on some of the stuff we were saying. Yeah, I And I'm I like, too. Yeah, I'm I he's too. taking notes. We, we should be taking notes from him. And, you know, he's taking, he's like writing down. Things. I'm like, I didn't say anything good there. And I'm going to see him, see him writing yeah. it down. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, absolutely. He's, he's always looking, and I think that's what we do with this show in our own way. But except it's the three of us, and, and sometimes we throw a joke in there. So. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like I say, I send this out to all of our fellow Beatle yeah, and, journalists, and correspondents. And, and you, know. you know, once you make that step, like when we do this show or we do the radio show or you wrote your book, once you make that step into the, the circle, you're always going to be there. Unless someone gets kicked out, like I won't mention names. But once you're in the circle, you want to know more. You want to help people become better fans in, in, in many ways. And more yeah. importantly. Or more. enjoy the celebration of the music. Yeah, And more importantly, you learn the secret handshake. So handshake. on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're informing. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, it's. That's no, I, I, I just don't want people to think that we've gotten to the point where we can't be objective. That's all. I right. Don't, but I, don't, but I, don't I think, like I say, that. well, no, I don't it's not that it's you just, worry about it. I right. just don't want people to then, we lose our credibility but if people start thinking but that. But that's why I'm saying it's not even to keep it just about us. That's the whole point. I think it, it, I think it's any of the people who are involved, whether I, it's the Beatles. I would agree. The, whether it's, you know, about people who write about sports teams, about anything that, but, movies, but, you know. But think about Hell, it. when you saw Siskel and Ebert, you knew what each of their agendas were going in. Right. But you know what they liked and disliked. But imagine if we were Bob Dylan fans. You know, yeah, Dylan. But Dylan doesn't barely does an interview. He doesn't talk. Right. He just throws stuff out there. He doesn't yeah. give a damn about anything. Yeah, you just and, speculate. And you're like, oh, what's Bob doing this week? Yeah, we'd be speculating. Mm-hmm. We at least with the Beatles, there's a they lot of a facts. Point. Yeah, well, I care about the facts. Well, just the facts, ma'am. So with that in mind, interesting I hope, show. Yeah, I hope you uh, have all enjoyed this kind of uh, discussion debate about uh, the Beatles. Are we too close? And I'm going to go home and I'm going to go lie down on my, my Paul McCartney pillowcase and my... <laughs> I'm kidding. That's really horrible. And your two virgin bed sheet. <laughs> and my two virgins bed Comforter. <laughs> in 3D. <laughs> it's, it's in 3D. So. And the Yoko lithograph yes, and the sheets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From the bag one. Nice. All right. Well... On that very twisted and perverse note, um, this Ew. is this is Fab Four Free for All, and uh, uh, as I've been your moderator, Tony Chiguardo, joining me as they always do have been Rob Leonard and, and Ray Coleman. And we'll <laughs> see you all next week. Jeffrey Julian. Jeffrey Julian. I thought you were going to say Richard Buskin. No, I'm not British enough. <laughs> Neither is he. <laughs> wow. See you, folks. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly 
by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. I can feel your nostrils. <laughs>